From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. For all the conversation about Derek Carr and where he could go, there are multiple locations that would work. There were multiple locations that will let him win some football games. Multiple places where he can go and become a really good quarterback. But there's one team in the NFC that right now he could hoist a Lombardi trophy with. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Don't forget Tiger Woods teeing off in the Genesis Invitational at 3.04 Eastern. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I cannot wait. Tiger with, are you ready for this? Justin Thomas going to go in. Oh, he's with Rory McIlroy. Oh, feature group coverage, including Tiger, available at ESPN+. Plus. Oh, 304 Eastern. I just, I, I can't wait. I don't know what I'm going to do with my afternoon. I might just stop everything and just, just sit there and watch Tiger as much as I possibly can. But while I'm watching Tiger, Harry, I'll be thinking about Derek Carr. And I'll be thinking about Derek Carr, the Fresno State quarterback. I'll be thinking about Derek Carr, the West Coast guy, Derek Carr, and why anybody possibly wouldn't want to put him on San Francisco where he could go right now and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I I don't know why, you know, you wouldn't want to do it either because that roster that they have, they're, they're quarterback away. You talk about a Debo Samuel, a Brandon Ayuka, George Kittle, a Kyle Juszczyk, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it's top to bottom. It's, it's loaded. You talk about the offensive line as well. So you just plug in a quarterback there like Derek Carr, and immediately I personally feel like they would be the favorites to win the NFC. But not just the NFC, the favorites probably to win the Super Bowl as well with Derek Carr at the helm. I mean, you start talking about – what the 49ers can do and what the 49ers opportunity is at the quarterback position. And you can miss me with any conversation about sticking with Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. And I don't care if we're talking about Twitter. I also don't care if we're talking about Booger McFarland, the great ESPN NFL analyst. Oh, go ahead, Harry. They're, they're on rookie deals. Well, so I, you have the luxury because they're on rookie deals. Uh, of of bringing in Derek Carr on top of him, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, that being said, I asked Booger, and Booger said that there's no way the 49ers should do this. I, I think they got Trey Lance, they got Brock Purdy, um, they got two quarterbacks that they feel very comfortable with. One who, one of which who won what he'd be win seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row of Purdy. So yeah, I, I think they're pretty set. And then and they they got to figure out what they're going to do with Trey Lance. Uh, is he salvageable? Can you develop him? Et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think the 49ers are a very viable solution uh, Harry, for him. Harry, here's why he's wrong. I mean, because Brock Purdy's coming off of an injury. We have no idea what he's going to look UCL like coming off of that. injury uh, on his throwing shoulder, on throwing, throwing arm. And then th- at the end, he said, well, they still got to figure out what they have in Trey Lance. No. No, when you're in the middle of a Super Bowl moment, you're not sitting there trying to figure out what you got at the quarterback position. Not when the quarterback position cost you in the playoffs this year. You don't have the luxury of sitting down figuring out what you got. Like, this is a win-now moment for the 49ers. They don't have any answers at quarterback that they can rely on. That means they need Derek Carr. Well, their their figure-out year was last year in 2022. And... It was just bad luck for Trey Lance that he got hurt during that year, but also lucky that they kept Jimmy Garoppolo around 
And he was able to, you know, salvage things when Trey Lance went down. And then lucky enough that they drafted Brock Purdy <laughs> with the last pick in the NFL draft to the point that where he was able to step in. Now, I, I don't think they're going to have that bad of luck quarterback-wise, but there's still a lot to figure out about Brock Purdy and his throwing arm. It's not like his, we're talking about his left arm and his non-throwing arm. We're talking about his throwing arm right now. But then there's still a lot to figure out when it comes to Trey Lance. Well, and think so, about this, Harry. Like, you mentioned his throwing arm. It's not going to be right until we get close to the season, right? So you're yeah. going to have a quarterback that hasn't thrown at all. Suddenly you're going to rely on that quarterback to knock off whatever rust there is and continue his development. Or you got Trey Lance, who has played eight games as a pro and didn't play his last season in college. So you've ha- he's played eight games over the last three years. Like if I came to you, if Harry Douglas was the owner of Jason Fitz's team and I came in and I was like, all right, uh, hear me out, Mr. Douglas. Here's our plan. We got a quarterback over here that probably won't throw until late in the summer, but we'll be fine. If he doesn't work out, how about this guy that's played eight games in three years? Like, that's not a plan. You're firing me the minute I pitch that. Here's the question, though. Here's the question when it comes to San Francisco. At what price, if they do decide that they want to, you know, plug in Derek Carr there, at what price are they, are they willing to – you know, get Derek Carr for. And, and, and on the flip side of it, is Derek Carr on the, on the side of, okay, I'm going to San Francisco, a team that's already loaded. This could really help me out a lot too as well. Am I taking a little bit less money than I, w- than I would other places to play with a team full of stars on it? You know what? I, like right now I'm calling every area in Georgia and I'm getting a full gospel choir to come in and sing Hallelujah while you say that because <laughs> you think about Derek Carr's opportunity. And look, I've been saying repeatedly, I think he's going to get wildly paid. If there's a team that he might want to consider taking less to go to, the 49ers would make a ton of sense because he knows he'll be with Kyle Shanahan. He knows he'll be with a guy that can get anything out of any quarterback. He knows that he could probably do a two-year deal that really secures his future if he wants to. He's going to get a ton of money for the next couple of years. And in that process, he's going to completely reinvent. He'll have the opportunity to let Kyle Shanahan wipe off the, the just the the grime that the Raiders organization has left on him from the last year. And I'm saying that as a Raiders fan, like it makes a ton of sense for his future business to say, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and put my eggs in the 49ers basket because I can reinvent what the world thinks of me there. And I understand that tremendously. And we're not talking about a three, four year, five year deal with Derek Carr. We, I'm, my mindset was just sign him to a two year deal, right? That also gives Trey Lance another year. That also gives Brock Purdy uh, – he doesn't have to have an urgency to try to come back this year after having that UCL injury. He can work his way back into things. And I, I would even say this, let it be, a, let it be an option for, for, the, for the second year, it, even if you want to do it that way. Let it be an option. But I, I also think it can benefit Derek Carr in his career playing with all the guys that I just mentioned on top of that defense being phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, if they did a one-in-one deal, essentially, that gave them an option or the player the option in the second year, Carr knows he's going to hit free agency again. I, I realize that he's at a spot where he could make a ton of money. But he he's not only at a spot where he can make a ton of money. If he has the choice between Carolina, for example, or going to the 49ers, his ability in San Francisco to completely reinvent what his next contract looks like, and I don't think he necessarily needs to reinvent much, but my God, like the 49ers have the opportunity right there to to cement something that works for him and for the player. I, I, I just, 
I think it works on too many levels. That being said, uh, we love it when you guys call in. Joel in Massachusetts calling us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Always love it when the Wolfpack grows. Uh, Joel, what you got? What are your thoughts on the 49ers quarterback situation? So, you guys have a great point about Derek Carr, but I have another one. Should San Fran look into going after Daniel Jones? I know, I know he's always been a wide receiver away, and having all the weapons there would be great for his development. Do you think he would get a Super Bowl for them? Uh, I mean, I, I, I just don't see. I don't see the Giants letting Daniel Jones go after the year he he was able to have with Kafka as his offensive coordinator and Brian Dable being there with him. I I, I don't see that happening. I don't see the Giants saying, you know what, we're going to let this guy walk after having an amazing year when so many people told him he was done at the quarterback position on this team and in this state. So I I don't see that happening. I think this is a – and I I know this was used this morning on Get Up. I've used it a bunch on this show with you. Uh, Wins above replacement, war, the baseball stat – I think that that genuinely impacts the quarterback market this year more than it has in many years because there are so many teams that are needy and there are so few options. If I'm the Giants, there is not a chance in hell I am letting Daniel Jones walk away. I would rather have to figure out how to get out of a bad contract in two years than look around after the year they just had and suddenly realize I don't have a quarterback. I don't think there's any chance, no matter what it takes, that the Giants let Daniel Jones out of that building, even if it means they're in a Philly Carson Wentz situation and they have to try and get their way out of a weird deal in a year. That just seems to be, I think, the reality of the position, but also the reality of looking around the league. Uh, No easy way to transition to heavy topics, but we do want to make sure that people know that you can help people affected by the Turkey earthquake. Please visit redcross.org. That's redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Your donation enables the Red Cross to prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from this disaster and will provide people and communities affected with food, shelter, relief surprise, supplies, recovering uh, planning support, and other assistance. So just go to redcross.org slash ESPN. That's a way you, that you can help. All right, the worst place to be in the NFL right now is in the middle. So what should those teams that are stuck there do? We'll do a little tank or succeed next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Ready and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're, we're just going to run the show ourselves at this point. Devin was supposed to come in with a particular song. A particular song, and then he didn't. After telling everybody that he knew exactly what he was doing for this segment, Devin has already screwed it up, which makes me a little nervous, Harry, because we need Devin in this segment. Were you in Jimmy Eat World, Fitz? I was not in Jimmy Eat World. I was not in Fitz, Jimmy Eat World. Fitz, we- check, check this out. That, that, that is now the second person on consecutive days that feels like they can do things their way. Mm-hmm. And, and Devin's and, making and rules up. Like, like, like I said yesterday, you know, you just hold on, all right? What did Chris McGlynn do yesterday? <laughs> you know, yesterday, you know, you didn't send us a picture of your dress for success attire, and you thought you can come in on Tuesday and tell us when you were going to wear it. Today, mm-hmm. Devin was, 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 was supposed to play a specific song, and 
that's not what just occurred within our segment. So now me and Fitz, we got to talk about both of y'all ass when we don't really want to right now. Yeah, I mean, Can I say something real quick? Sure, sure, sure. Hand up. This is on me. Oh, I you take, know what? I respect I take that. full responsibility. I thought it was the right song. I messed up. I you will ran the wrong whatever route. punishment you guys, you know. He rang the wrong route, Harry, you, you, and he comes you, you, to the sideline. You know he says, you know what? I, 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 that's I'm on me, like, coach. I'm not like Evan. You, I will accept whatever punishment. No, you, you know what, Devin? That reminds me of James Bradbury, right? You, you're accountable for your actions. You yes. took, mm-hmm. a, you, you had accountability for what you did wrong, and I appreciate that. Now, everyone in our group isn't like that. Not to mention any names, Evan, uh, but everyone in our group isn't like that. Hey, hey Harry, do you take accountability? Yeah, I have to. Harry, do you feel like I take accountability? 100%. Okay. So that's all. We're just, you know, going up and down the list of everybody on the roster. Uh, That's all. Just taking a little uh, little accountability check. (sighs) All right. I mean, we we still love you, Evan, but Mm -hmm. if I can be called out, you can be called out. No one one human being is bigger than the team. No one's bigger than the team. There's no I in team. We love you just a little less. Okay. Uh, So this is, is, see, Evan is tanking everything, and Devin is contending. See how that works? Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take some teams that are stuck in the middle, and we're going to figure out, should they this year contend? Should they try and build up and find a way to be great? Or should they tank? Should they just blow everything up and say, forget this, let's start it all over we're gonna do this in a way where harry and i are gonna break down each team devin is gonna give us the team we won't know what's coming we're building the suspense just like the suspense that comes from tiger woods at the genesis invitational today at 304 eastern be sure to check it out on espn plus devin give us what you got let me set the scene here oh yeah there we go baby all right devin you're gonna give us a team the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, we're right in your backyard. Should the Atlanta Falcons tank or contend? What do you think this year, Harry? You know this team better than anybody. I'm going to go contend. You look at the last two seasons when everyone on the outside thought that this team wasn't going to be able to contend at any kind of level because of the roster and how it was constructed, but also because the lack of cap space and they couldn't bring in guys. But all they did in year one of the Arthur Smith, it took all the way to the last week when they lost to the Buffalo Bills before they were knocked out of the playoffs. It took, I think, week 16 this week before they, this year before they were knocked out of the playoffs. So they were able to do a lot more with a lot less than they had on their roster. So going into year three of Arthur Smith, I'm going to say contend. I don't think they're anywhere near tanking. Well, and you also have to look at the culture of the entire organization, which you know incredibly well. When you have a young quarterback that you want to see if he can play and you have a coach that would be on the hot seat if they tanked, I don't think there's any way you can tank. Even though uh, it's enticing to look at Caleb Williams, every single coach in that room knows they won't be around if the Falcons are coaching Caleb Williams. So there's no way in my mind that they don't try to contend. Who you got next, Deb? The New Orleans Saints. Oh, this one's tricky because the Saints, we're going to find out quick on this one, Harry, right? Because the Saints were supposedly interested, are supposedly interested in Derek Carr. If they're getting Derek Carr, they're not intending on tanking. I think Carr could help them make this decision because if they don't end up with Carr, they don't have a lot there. That they would have to go into complete rebuild mode and just start shipping pieces off, right? So I I'd, feel the same exact way. That yes, I, I feel the same exact way. If they get Derek Carr, they're not in tank mode. If they don't get Derek Carr, now you're back in the. Uh, uh, in the sense of, are we bringing Jameis Winston back? Is Jameis Winston going to be our guy? Yeah. I mean, that's just – and Dennis Allen will be looking for another job as a defensive coordinator this time next year. All right, what's next, Em? The Arizona Cardinals. 
Okay, so this one's kind of sensual to me. I think this is all day, every day, get out there and tank. And hear me out on this when you tank because you know Kyler isn't going to play this year. So you have all year to figure out what you want to do with Kyler Murray. The new coaching staff gets to know him, right? They get to implement their system, their style. They know they need a lot in Arizona. If over the course of the year the new coaching staff falls in love with where Kyler Murray is and they have a top pick, they can trade that away for a King's ransom next year in the quarterback conversation. If they're not in love with Kyler Murray – they can take a young quarterback. Uh, they can take any of the top quarterbacks, and then they can ship Kyler Murray off somewhere else. That's win-win. I think they absolutely should tank. Yeah, here's the thing for me. I, I'm going to say tank, too, just in case they don't love Kyler Murray and his mindset and the way he goes about the business, right? He, we know he's not going to play next year because he's coming off an ACL injury, nor would I want him to go out there playing if I'm the organization. So you wait till he gets healthy. You get yourself in a position this year to which you can probably draft Drake May or also Caleb Williams, two guys who we know that can do it with their arms and also with their legs. And then if you're in that spot, you could trade Kyler Murray to somebody else, get draft capital, and restart everything with Caleb Williams and Drake May. Also, all three Arizona Cardinals fans out there won't be that upset that you're tanking. They'll understand the logic to it. I'm just saying it's not the same fan base that you see in other cities. All right, Dev, who you got next? The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, you son of a biscuit. What are you doing to me? What are you What are you doing to me, Dev? Um... I, I, uh, Harry, you go first on this one. I'm too conflicted. <laughs> so the Raiders yeah, I'm, tank this year? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go tank because when I look at their defense, that is 29th overall. I look at their pass defense. Uh, that's total defense, 29th overall. Their pass defense was 28th. Their run defense, defense was 19th. And points allowed, there were 26th. So even if you bring in a phenomenal quarterback, your defense is still terrible. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to outscore everybody. On top of you're in the same division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. So go ahead and tank and try to get who you think you want at the quarterback position to help you build. You know what? I actually I agree with you. I think the Raiders have so many holes, and I don't think any of the four quarterbacks in this year's draft, any of them, would be ranked higher than third in next year's draft. Caleb Williams and Drake May are better quarterback prospects coming out. So if you stink – then you can turn around and just use like the seventh overall pick this year on the best available player on the board. You can start to rework your defense slowly, and you can let Jared Stidham come back and be your awful starter. And uh, But if you're doing that, then you're trading Devontae, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro all right now. Trade all of them right now and get whatever capital you can for them. That feels drastic. I don't know if I'm going to live through that, but it's a smarter strategy. All right, Devin, who you got next now that you made me sad? The Tennessee Titans. <gasps> I think the Tennessee Titans should tank, Harry. Because Malik Willis isn't the op- isn't the answer. Uh, their offensive line needs players all over the place. Their defense needs players all over the place. They don't have great skill. Like, I think the Titans are a bad roster right now. So why not tank? Go out there and let Malik Willis start all year. And if he stinks, then you're going to get a better quarterback next year. And if he's any good, we're all shocked. And suddenly you get the opportunity to see that today. I, I-, I say tank. Yeah, I'm right with you, bud. I think they have so many holes on that football team. You talk about offensive line. You talk about the wide receiver position. Uh, they really didn't move the needle at all this season for their quarterback or quarterbacks. You look at the cornerback position, uh, part of the reason why I, I believe John Robinson is not there anymore is because the way he drafted and those guys didn't produce in the cornerback position in the secondary. So I, I think the Titans should be able to tank. And you also, you got to remember, in, in 2024 quarterback class, you have Quinn Ewers and also you have Jaden Daniels from LSU. So – we talk about four guys, Caleb Williams, Drake May, 
Quinn Ewers, Jaden Daniels. Those are four guys right there that I know a lot of these teams would love on their roster. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Also, Mike Vrabel has so much security within the organization. He can talk to a very patient ownership group and sit down and say, hey, this is what our plan is, and uh, they'll understand it. So uh, I, I think that's a, that makes a ton of sense. That's a little bit of tank or contend. We'll keep doing that over the course of the week as we look at some of the mid-level teams in the NFL. But in the meantime, this weekend is a huge weekend for football. It's a huge weekend for Harry. It's a huge weekend for me. And it's huge weekend for football fans everywhere. We'll tell you why, and we'll talk to somebody involved with it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Reggie Barlow, the D.C. Defenders head coach, joins us. Hey, Harry, man, make sure you bring us like a third and five, third and eight play, man. I'm going to have you design it, draw it up, and uh, we may call it. You know what they say, Coach, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. I'm ready for it, baby. I got them, I've got them locked and ready for you, Coach. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, been telling you all week, you can see Harry Sunday night as he will be on the sidelines reporting for the XFL matchup uh, that we've got this weekend between D.C. and Seattle. I'll also be out there. The uh, press release went out today. Feeling all fancy. XFL Today is the name of the show. It'll be on ESPN every weekend. This weekend it debuts at 2.30 Eastern time, wherever you get ESPN uh, socially in the app, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, across all those platforms. We are the only studio show being offered by ESPN that will focus on the XFL. So uh, we are incredibly uh, proud to do that. So you can obviously watch Seattle at D.C. on uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. ESPN Plus on Sunday. And with that in mind, Jim Hazlitt, head coach of XFL Seattle Sea Dragon, joins us. Uh, coach, you just heard Reggie Barlow uh, offered to let Harry just go ahead and draw up a third and five or third and eight play. Uh, what, what, we, we, you going to let Harry draw up any plays for Seattle? Come on. Um, I think we have enough, to be honest with you, and I hope Harry does draw a couple up. Uh, so we maybe you can tell me what they are when you're done. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Coach, I mean, you've obviously been involved in the NFL, the UFL. You've, you've been in, around football so long. What made the XFL attractive to you as a coach? Well, you know what happened? I actually I, I retired. My wife was killing me because she wanted to travel because I, I, I played 10 years and then I was 34 in the NFL coaching. And um, so I took about a month off. I went to Banff, and then I went on Alaskan cruise, and then I, I couldn't take it anymore. So I was bored, and uh, this opportunity came about, and I had an opportunity to work with Randy Mueller, who I worked with before down in New Orleans. And uh, so so my wife said the retirement lasted about a month. So, so we came back to do it. it, it, it we're having fun doing it. Uh, there's a lot of good players, uh, and, and we're just in. It's, it's been it's been fun so far. Hopefully, we can keep it that way through the whole year. 
Harry, I just got to tell you, I know you love Alaska. He mentioned Alaska, but if you've never been to Banff, Canada, it is one of the most gorgeous places I've ever seen in the world. You should go check it out. Go ahead, Harry. It's definitely going to be on my list now, Coach. But I got to ask you about your team. (laughs) What's going to be the identity of your offense? I know you have June Jones. He loves to throw the ball. Is that going to be the baseline of your offense? Yeah, that's going to be the baseline. It's, um, you know, we'll be in four wide receivers, five wide receivers, and we're going to do the things that that he's done in the past. The last time uh, the league uh, before COVID hit, you know, they were undefeated. and He was the head coach, and they were undefeated. And um, they were number one in the league. I think they were averaging like 44 points a game. So when they didn't hire June as the head coach for the second time around, which you couldn't understand – I kind of called him and asked him if he'd be interested in being the, the offense coordinator. He said, yeah, I'd love to do it. So, you know, we hooked up. I hired uh, Ron Zook to run the defense who I worked with before, and he was the head coach of Florida and Illinois. And we got an experienced group and, and you know, guys that kind of been around football their whole life. So it's uh, it's been, like I said, it's been fun so far and fun watching the offense. Uh, you know, they got got some pretty good players over there and, you know, hopefully we can take it to the field. Coach, who who are a few guys that you're looking for on your offense to be playmakers? Well, uh, Josh, you know, we got Josh Gordon, who's, uh, you know, been in the Pro Bowl in the NFL and had some issues and, um, you know, looking, he's looking, you know, just to have fun and play. And uh, he's one, we got a bunch of receivers that can run. They're really fast or they're really big. So that, and then we we did a good job. Uh, I thought of accumulating some offensive linemen that have been in the NFL. Uh, Michael Mennett, who's who's just came off Green Bay's practice squad, and Seltzer, who was on uh, the Colts practice squad, and then we got Ben Denucci, who played for Dallas, obviously a quarterback, and then we got a lot of a lot of guys that uh, on on the defensive side who I've I've had before. Uh, Jordan Evans is one of our captains who started with the Bengals and he tore an ACL uh, a year ago and he wants, he's looking for the opportunity to get back and play again. He's a three year starter. Um, So we got those type of guys that, um, you know, they're looking, they're looking to to get better and do their thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to coaching them. We're talking to Jim Haslett, head coach of XFL Seattle Sea Dragons ahead of this weekend's uh, matchup. And it's, I'm curious, when you talk about all of that, Coach, you've been around the NFL so long. Where's the line for you as a coach on trying to win games, obviously, right now in the XFL, but also develop guys back into the NFL? Yeah, man, you know what? We want to win. We want to have fun doing it. We want to win. But I told those guys my job is to help you succeed, to, to live your dream. And whether that dream is to go back to the NFL and play or just play or, or, or just play as long as you can before you move on in, in life to your real job. So, um, you know, most of the guys, uh, like I said, most of our guys have been into a camp or been into uh, or played, you know, four or five years in the NFL, and uh, they're looking to go back. So I'm, I'm here to help them do that. And hopefully, because the timing I think is perfect, uh, once the season's over here, you don't miss any of the off season for the NFL. You just go right into the off season, lift weights, and you know you go like nothing's wrong. Unlike other leagues, that uh, that'll be playing during those times. 
Coach, uh, one of the guys that's coaching in your secondary, Mike Gilhammer, I was with him at the University of Louisville. Can you tell him I have my eyes on him? I'm watching him. <laughs> and that secondary better make some plays. Otherwise, I'm going to have to report that he isn't doing a good job. <laughs> I, will, I will do that. Um, you know, we got at one corner, we got a guy named Chris Jones who played in the league five years. He ended with the Titans. Uh he, he's really got some pretty good secondary guys. He's got, uh, oh, my gosh, I can't remember them all. There's so many of them. Uh, no, I call him number one. I call him number eight. But uh, Bryce Thompson, he, he really, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, Thompson's a good player who's, you know, is with the Saints. Uh, again, we got, we, we got a bunch of guys that, uh, that, that are played in the league and they're pretty good players. And, and Hammer's done a good job with those guys up to this point. Coach, we appreciate your time. I know you're busy getting ready for the start of the season. Most importantly, when you see Harry out there, just like maybe trip him a little bit while he's running around just so we can get some social video of, of, of Harry not looking athletic for once. It's impossible to do, Coach. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Let me say this. If he doesn't give me those plays, well, there might be a fight on the sideline. <laughs> well, look, but look, Coach, I played against you when you was in Washington. It might be a corner route I caught on you or oh, something, okay. Coach. That might be a little something there now. Oh, the good old days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Coach, thanks for hanging out with us. Best of luck uh, throughout the course of this season and especially this weekend with the premiere of the league. I appreciate it. Thank you. Don't forget, guys, you can watch Seattle take on D.C. Harry will be there on the sidelines. That's 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. And XFL Today will be wherever you stream your ESPN in the app, social media, YouTube, Facebook, all across uh, Twitter, all across our social uh, platforms at 2.30 on Sunday. I'll be hosting that with Scooby McGezza, Andrew Hawkins will be joining us. A lot of great XFL content coming on this show and a lot of great XFL content coming across ESPN this weekend. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance flexes to fit your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at progressivecommercial.com. Coming up, why everybody's getting it wrong on the Jets quarterback situation. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Booger, as always, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good week, brother. Enjoy some off-season time. Get, get, throw your feet up. Relax a little bit. We will do, man. Y'all have a great one. It's Booger McFart. McFarland. It's Booger McFart. It's Booger McFart. Oh, not proud of it, you know? Try to be a total professional. It's Booger, Booger. McFart. Booger's been a long-time friend. Not proud of it. It's Booger McFart. <laughs> Three hours later. If you ever wondered about our professionalism, what you've learned is that I can't read and the guys behind the scenes uh, have the, uh, I don't know, humor of 12-year-olds. All I did, okay. 
This is it. This is all I can do. Uh, it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. <laughs> Devin Kane, by the way, is the one that's uh, Devin's uh, out there just getting reckless and ruthless with the uh, sound effects on this, which is really Evan Wilner's fault because Evan is the one that produces all of this. I'm throwing everybody under the bus at this point, Harry. I misspoke a little bit on the name of one Booger McFarland, and it's it Booger is McFart- let- okay, okay. This is. This is what we're doing again, Harry. And Harry's laughing so hard he can't even chime in at this point. Nobody's but, but got my the, back here, on this Here's team. the thing, though. I don't want to laugh at all, but I can't help it. I mm-hmm. really can't. Listen, it, it is – fart jokes are so elementary, but they, it works every time. It doesn't matter how old you are. It works every time. Okay. Well, that's – you know, that's up for that's up for debate. That's all I'm – oh, Okay. This is this is what we're going. You know what? Uh, the, what I think the Jets quarterback situation is going to look like by the time we hit fall is that sound effect. Okay, I think the Jets are going to miss out on Derek Carr. I think Aaron Rodgers is not going to be available for the Jets, and then Lamar Jackson is not going to end up going anywhere. And suddenly, that sound effect is going to be representative of the way the Jets feel about their quarterback situation. And this is just the logic guy in me. But I mentioned Lamar because he is part of this conversation. As much as we keep talking about. Aaron Rodgers, and as much as we keep talking about Derek Carr, this is what one Peter King had to say. You know him from Football Morning in America on the Rich Eisen show about what the Jets will do at the quarterback position. We all think, and I think you think, that the number one step would be Aaron Rodgers. If that doesn't work, could the number two step be Lamar Jackson? I think the Jets are going to have a very tough decision Mm. on their hands. And, you know, I think they will go after Rodgers if he does play. And if they don't get him, I think they will at least uh, put their sniffers out and and seriously consider Lamar Jackson. Uh, Harry, I think it's almost a trend to end this show with weird dating analogies. But hear me out on this. Like, Aaron Rodgers is currently married right, to the Green Bay Packers. He's taken a little sabbatical in the darkness to figure out if he wants to stay married. If he decides that he wants to maintain playing and then come back and, and, and not be married anymore, the Packers are going to have to be okay with that too. That's not simple. Also, Lamar Jackson is currently married to the, to the Baltimore Ravens. Now he is looking for the Ravens to commit to, you know, a little bit more. I understand all of the complications, but neither of these guys are actually available on the open market. So I understand that we're trying to find ways to twist the the Jets into both of those situations and I see why it could make sense for Lamar but if Lamar is is even remotely available there would be a massive bidding war with every team that needs a quarterback offering substantial like life-changing earth-shattering money I, I I just don't think that it makes a ton of sense that Lamar is going to end up with the Jets either yeah I think one of the main things I got out of what you just said is that both of those guys got to go to merits counseling to, to repair the relationships with no. their teams. <laughs> but also, I mean, you make a great point. Like, the guy that we've been talking about earlier, Derek Carr, he's the guy that, you know, he's single right now. He's a free agent. He's on the market. Not technically, everybody. I know Derek Carr's married, technically. But we're talking about in football terms. He's single. He's a free agent. He's a guy that you can go out and get right now if you wanted to. So in my eyes, if I'm the Jets, I'm trying to go get a Derek Carr because you got to go through so much and hop so many hurdles to go get Aaron Rodgers, and rightfully so, he's worth it. But also Lamar Jackson, rightfully so, he's worth it. My thing is that you better have plan A, B, C, and D just in case, you know, 
the plan that you may have first doesn't work. The plan that you have second doesn't work. The plan that you have third doesn't work. Maybe the D plan may work, but make sure you have multiple plans and not just put all your marbles in on one guy. I just don't understand because you're right. I just don't understand why we're only doing that with the Jets as a general network when there are a bunch of teams that I would say the same thing about. Like, uh, if you are the Colts, you've made it clear to your entire fan base that you are going to address the quarterback position no matter what. So you better be looking at Derek Carr. You better be looking at uh, Aaron Rodgers. You better be looking at Lamar Jackson. Like, if Lamar Jackson is non-exclusive franchise tagged, which means anybody can negotiate with him, if that's the case and then exchange would have to give up two first-round draft picks, If you're the Commanders, you would gladly give up two first-round draft picks to get Lamar. If you're the Raiders, I think you would give up two draft picks. If you're the Colts, you would probably give up two draft picks to get – like, you can go up and down the list. Like, we're just sitting here saying, well, the Jets will offer more, and that will be enough. Maybe? Like, it feels like there's just a ton – I know I rarely say this with with anything. It just feels like there's a ton of East Coast New York bias in this entire conversation to think that they're any more desperate than every other team – that needs a quarterback. Man, could you imagine Lamar Jackson just going right down the road to the Washington Commanders where Brian Robinson at the running back position and, and, and the other guys that they have at that position running back-wise and then with Terry McLaurin and mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel? My goodness. Now, you put Lamar on that team, they're probably a division favorite going in, right? Like, they're, yeah. I mean, but with all the changes going to happen in Philadelphia, with the fact that nobody believes in uh, in any ability of the Cowboys to move forward, and then where the Giants are, you put Lamar Jackson on the – and he wouldn't even have to move. Like, a guy doesn't even have to change houses, and he yep. can suddenly get a ton of – like, he knows the situation. He doesn't have to leave his friends. He doesn't have to leave his family. Like – there's just other options other than the Jets. We won't make it all about the Jets, but there's other options. All right, so we'll keep breaking down all of the options over the course of the week, obviously, but you don't want to miss it. Lamar's going to hang out with Candy and Carlin at some point. Uh, this has been Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to us on ESPN Radio.